Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. Sometimes it's hard to appreciate the good things we already have. This week, we'll hear an old Irish story about how a brave sister risked everything to rid her brothers of a curse caused by their ungrateful mother. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete tales from Old Ireland collection, along with songs, activities, coloring sheets, and more. This is the story of the 12 wild geese. We're always wishing for what we don't have and not caring for what we've already got. And so it was with the Queen of Leinster long ago. She had 12 sons and not a single daughter and she was half mad with envy for every little girl she saw. One day in winter, when the courtyard was covered in snow, the Queen was looking out of the parlour window. There, lying on the frozen ground, was a calf, just killed by the butcher, and a raven standing by it. Oh, said she, if only I had a daughter with skin as white as snow, cheeks as red as blood, and hair as black as that raven, I'd give all my twelve sons for her. In that instant, a strange old woman appeared before her. That's a wicked thing to say, said the old woman. To punish you for even thinking it, I shall grant your wish. You will have such a daughter, but the very day she's born, you will lose your other children. And with that, she vanished. The queen became pregnant, and she could tell from the very first day that she carried a girl. She didn't dare tell the king about her wish, but to keep her son safe, she told him that she feared her thirteenth childbirth and that she would like all her sons around her to bring her luck when the time came. So it was that on the day she gave birth, the boys were gathered around her with guards at every door. But the very hour her daughter came into the world, the guards heard a great whirling and whistling, and twelve wild geese were seen flying one after the other out of the open window and away like arrows through the great forest. The king was in great grief for the loss of his sons, and there was no telling what he would have done to his wife if he had found out that she was to blame. But although it was evil that brought her about, there was no trace of evil in the heart of the little princess. Bevan, she was called, meaning fair lady, on account of the snowy whiteness of her skin, and she was the most loving and lovable child. The young princess was happy as could be for the first twelve years of her life, But then she began to wonder why she had no brothers or sisters and began to feel lonely. She heard it whispered that her brothers were dead and she tormented her mother with questions about what happened until the queen gave in and told her. Bevan took the news badly. It's my fault that my brothers became wild geese, she said. I shall go and find them and return them to their former shapes. The queen had her closely watched, but it was no use. Bevan slipped out of the palace and was away into the darkness of the great forest before the night was done. On she went, through morning, afternoon and evening, until she came to a small wooden house in a clearing. She went in and saw a table laid for twelve. She saw meat and bread, cakes and fruit, and a blazing fire in the hearth. Through a door there were twelve beds, and Bevan knew that she had come to the right place. The gate opened and Bevan heard footsteps on the path. In came twelve young men and there was sadness on their faces when they laid eyes on her. What misfortune sent you here, child, said the eldest, for it was because of a girl that we were banished from court and made to live as wild geese. Only in the hours of darkness do we take human form. 
Twelve long, unhappy years we've lived under this curse, and that the height of our anger we swore to get revenge by killing the first young girl who came into our hands. But I'm your only sister, said Bevan, and I never knew a thing about you until yesterday. As soon as I heard, I stole away from the palace to find you and see how I could help to relieve you of your curse. The young men were at a loss what to do, for oaths cannot be broken, until an old woman suddenly appeared among them. I permit you to break your wicked oath, said she. Your sister has come to save you, but it will not be easy. She must spin and knit twelve shirts from Bogdown, which she must gather with her own hands. It will take her five years, and if she speaks or laughs or cries in all that time, you shall remain wild geese until the day you die. Take care of young Bevan, for she is your only hope. With that, the fairy vanished, for fairy she was, and the brothers each in turn hugged and kissed their long-lost sister. For the next three years, the princess spent all day, every day, picking bog down, spinning it and knitting it into shirts, until she had finished eight. During all that time, she never spoke a word, nor laughed, nor cried, although the work was hard and heavy. One fine day she was sitting in the garden spinning when a great hound bounded over the gate toward her. Bevan screamed, fearing for her life as its paws reached her shoulders, but it licked her forehead and her hair. The next minute a handsome young king rode up to the gate, took off his hat and asked to be allowed to enter. She gave a little nod and in he came. The king fell in love with Bevan the moment he set his eyes on her. He begged her to come back with him to his palace on the far side of the great forest, for he wished to make her his queen. Bevan couldn't help loving the young king of Connacht as much as he loved her, and although she shook her head a thousand times, for she did not want to leave her brothers, a thousand and one times he asked, and at last she nodded her assent. She put her hand in his, allowed him to kiss her on the lips, and then she gathered up her shirts and bogged down and rode away. As soon as he arrived home, the king sent for his bishop, and he and Bevan were married. He cared not that Bevan would not speak, for love runs deeper than words. In good time, the new queen gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, and the king's heart was overrun with happiness. But there was a blot on the joy of the court, in the form of the king's wicked stepmother. She was jealous of Bevan, jealous of their love, and she determined to put a stop to it. She followed Bevan into her bedchamber, gave her a sleeping potion, and stole the tiny baby from her side. Taking him to the window, she saw a hungry wolf below and tossed him down. The beast caught the boy in its jaws and was over the fence and away before anyone could see. The wicked woman pricked her finger, dabbed the blood around the mouth of the sleeping mother, and away she fled to fetch the king. "'What have you done with our son?' cried he, when he saw Bevan's bloody mouth." But despite the queen's grief, she could not answer, for she knew that if she did, her brothers would never be human again. What have you done, I said, the king shouted, shaking her. His wife neither spoke nor shed a tear. She has always been strange, the stepmother whispered in the king's ear. You should never have married her. Try as he did to find some other explanation, the king could not, and at last he came to believe that his beloved queen had devoured her own son. He was wild with sorrow, and it took all the strength of the guards to stop him from destroying Bevan in his rage. When at last the king was calmer, he resolved not to punish his wife too harshly, 
for he understood that she must have been mad to do such a terrible thing, and he could not blame her for an act of madness. He could not hate her either, for she had given him a beautiful child, one whom he had loved dearly. He decided to allow her to remain in the palace, at least until she had a second child, but to keep the child always under the closest guard. He told his stepmother to spread the word that by cruel twist of fate the child had fallen from the window into the jaws of a wild beast. But the wicked woman hinted to one and all of the blood on the queen's lips until everyone believed poor Bevan to be a witch. Bevan knew that her husband was only keeping her until she had another child. She knew that all the people in the land hated her and yet she could not tell the truth for she could not utter a word until she had finished the last of the twelve shirts. So she hid away in the tower, gathering bog down by moonlight when no one could see her, and making her shirts. The only joy she had in those long dark months was when the twelve wild geese would come to the trees in the park and look in at her window. She knew they loved her, and that in time she would bring them back to human form and then be able to tell her husband and her people the truth of what had happened. At last another year was at an end, and she had the twelfth shirt finished except for one sleeve, when she took to her bed and a beautiful girl was born. The king would not allow mother and child to be alone together for a second, but the wicked stepmother bribed some of the guards to let her take their place. She gave a sleeping potion to the queen and tossed the child from the window into the jaws of the wolf, who again was waiting below. Again she pricked her finger, again she smeared the queen's mouth with blood, and again his stepmother told the king and everyone she met that the queen had devoured her own child. Poor Bevan was distraught and thought her life must leave her. The king, whose grief was more than he could bear, gave up on her and she was thrown into the deepest dungeon with only her knitting. She could neither think nor pray, but sat like a stone, working away at the sleeve of the twelfth shirt. The king, when he had recovered slightly, was all for taking Bevan back to the little house in the wood where he'd found her, for she had brought him nothing but bad luck and he wished to turn time back to the days before he'd met her but his stepmother and the lords of court would not hear of it, and Bevan was condemned to be burned in the courtyard at three o'clock. As the hour drew near, the king went to the farthest part of his palace, and there was no sadder man in the land. When the guards came and led Bevan up to the courtyard, she took the pile of shirts in her arms. There were still a few stitches needed, and desperately she worked them, even while she was tied to the stake. At the last stitch she was overcome with grief. A tear dropped on her work, but the job was done. I am innocent, she called out. Fetch my husband. The executioners stayed their hands, except for one who was so surprised to hear her shout that he dropped his burning torch. The woodpile went up in flames, but in a rushing of wings, the twelve wild geese were standing next to Bevan. In an instant, she flung a shirt over each bird, and there stood twelve fine young men. They untied their sister and pulled her from the flames. While they were comforting the young queen and the king was hurrying to the spot, an old woman appeared among the crowd holding a tiny princess on one arm and a little prince on the other. There was crying and laughing, hugging and kissing, and no one recognized the old woman, the fairy woman, who had twice become a wolf in order to save the prince and the princess. The wicked stepmother was put to death in Bevan's place, and everyone lived in comfort for the rest of their lives.
That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.